Welcome to Wither Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week, we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today, we are discussing Chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Scar. Ooh, I'm so excited. Sorry. <laughs> I bet I'm excited. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts and feelings. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WitherTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc. Um, illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out blackgirlscreate.org for guidelines. Love our blog. Love WitherTeam. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording the Wither Team episodes, and our Patroni will have access to those videos. For $5 or more per month, you can get the video the Tuesday before the podcast drops on iTunes and all the pod stores. If you pledge $10 or more, you get a link to watch us record live. Shout out to our current Patroni, Portia, and... I'm trying to look for your real name because I'm not going to call you by your Twitter name. But my phone is, my computer's being real slow. Come on, Bayana, help me out. It's, it's Jeremy. Thank you. We're being joined by them. So, hi, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're also being joined by Aminata, who you probably cannot hear, but she's yelling in the background. You'll hear her eventually. Um, If you want to support us, but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, It's super quick, and that way um, we can get more um, people to see us and discover us and join the team. Um, Just one more people on the team, you guys. Yeah. We're we're going to win the Quidditch World Cup. Yes. We are also available on Google Play and most popular i or podcast stores. So if you're looking for another way to listen to Wizard Team, you can check us out there and please rate and review us on whatever um, podcast listening app that you use. Um, also subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Um, you can go to blackgirlscreate.org. Yeah. And, and learn, yeah. figure out what these black girls are nerding out about. Because we still do that. Oh, yeah. We create, but we still nerd out. We nerd and we create. We create and nerd. We create. We nerd creatively. That's a thing that we do. So let's uh, or follow us at We Black and Nerds. Like us, Black Girls Create on most social platforms. And make sure to join our Wither Team Facebook group. Now let's dive in with what's happening or... What's what's going on on Wither Team right now? Um, well, today, the day that we're recording, is Halloween. Um, and while that might be a nice day for other for the muggles of the world and of the United States, um, it's also the anniversary of the deaths of James and Lily Potter. So we want to take a moment to acknowledge that, sit in our feels for a second, and then move on. Um, it's also... Um, nearly headless Nick's you, death Diana. day. So happy death day, Nick. I can't hear you. Oh, hi. She can't hear you. Can you wave? I know. I can't even see her. 
you right there. That's cool. Just uh, interrupts our sad news. Um, yep. But Can yeah, and then talk tomorrow, about talk about the sad news. You said what? Oh, so yeah, so it's it's next death day. Bye, I'm not Okay. Um. So again, <laughs> Nick's death day. Um. I don't know how long it's been since he died because I can't remember how long it's been since he died in the Chamber of Secrets. But shout out to him, and hopefully his quest to join the Headless Hunt will eventually be um rewarded. So yeah, happy news tomorrow is Sirius Black's birthday. What? Go serious. Yeah. It's your birthday. Go serious. It's your birthday. Only one will die tonight. And it ain't you because it's your birthday. Hey, it's serious. Serious birthday. Oh, oh, serious. Oh, okay. I think I think it went well. And um, then you just kept going. Okay. It's yeah. cool. Okay. That's true. Four plus four does equal eight. We're dropping knowledge all over this podcast, guys. Does she want to come talk for a second and get it all out of her system and then keep watching Masha and the Bear? Yeah. Come here, Ami, kid. (laughs) She clearly has a lot to say. Can you come come over here? Come closer. Okay. Can you hear? Hey, Anna. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about Harry Potter? What do you like about Harry Potter? When he hoses his TARDIS. Oh, nope. <laughs> nope. That's a Tortoise. different fandom. Tortoise. But you know what? She's, what she's the, into Hagrid Wizard and the Flying Motorcycle. That's what's happening. Do you like Hagrid and the Flying Motorcycle? Yeah. Do you like yeah, Hermione Granger? Yeah. What does Professor McGonagall right. do? Ami team. So you're going to go. He turns into a cat. Yeah. Oh, McGonagall turns into a cat. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Say bye. That's us. Okay, bye. you're gonna say bye. Go bye. watch Masha and the Bear. Okay, go watch Masha's Tales. I'm not watching Masha and the Bear. I'm watching Letter Factory. Okay, oh, go watch okay. the letter. Go watch the Letter Factory, and then I want to hear you about. Still can't say her L's. Leave her alone. It's been three years. It's been four years. You were rude. She's adorable. I just, I just feel like she's adorable. I just feel like I'm her older sibling, so. I am her arch nemesis, so she ain't had nothing to say to me until I started recording. Now she got all the things to say. Mm-hmm. Whew. That sounds about right. <laughs> okay, let's get to um, chapter two of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Scar. Um, previously on Wizard Team, Voldemort and Wormtail are up to some, are up to some nefarious, um, I don't know, plans that they're planning. They own that bull. They are on some bullshit. Um, they're plotting to kill Harry Potter, but also to do some other mysterious things. Someone else is going to die. We still don't know who that is. Only one will die tonight. No, more than one person. That's That's the point. true, because Frank died. Um, <laughs> uh, Bertha Jorkins being one of those people who's already died. He's disappeared and then died because she ran into Wormtail in a pub. Because Wormtail just can't keep anyone else out of his business. He always got to be like rope other people into his mess. But this anyway. is also like a this is like a life lesson, y'all. Don't go to pubs alone in Albania when you know the Dark Lord's on the loose. Romania, Albania, Albania, Albania. Yeah. Just have a buddy. Take it's a buddy. Very true. 
Um, and then also, like, yeah, just don't. And then if you see someone who's supposed to be dead, don't, don't acknowledge them. Just, just no. be like, that's no, that ain't got nothing that's to do my, with me. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's my cue to leave. Mm-hmm. I guess I just better keep go. Keep minding my business, and then it'll be all right. Um, another person who didn't mind his business, but you know, in the end, still deserves some respect, is Frank, the Muggle who is the gardener of the Riddle House. He was killed by Voldemort because he was uh, eavesdropping and with, he, with, spotted he him. was he was very deaf, but he was eavesdropping. But he was eavesdropping. He heard every word. But every it's word. Good. It's a good thing that he heard every word, maybe. Actually, I'm not really sure how Harry exactly fits into this. But as he dies, Harry wakes up because he was dreaming this entire situation, which is where we leave off in that chapter. So, Harry wakes up. I have a question. I have a question. Wait, wait, I have a question. Is it dreaming when it's the horror crux, like, peering into you? Is that dreaming? Kind of. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not, but at this point, that's what it is. There's, like, no other good terminology for yeah. what this is besides magic. Yeah. Sorry, um, I just, I just saw the tweet that Amani tweeted that you retweeted, and it was just, you know, in I honor. I didn't retweet, I didn't retweet or, stuff. Yeah, you did, Can from we, Black Girls Create. Um, I don't think I did. In, in honor of the Potters, I did this cute little James and Lily I dancing. I didn't retweet that. I'm just letting you know. Oh, now. It's he replied to us. He mentioned, "Yep, this is rude." <laughs> I, it was this cute, cute little look at this happier times, and then he just gonna have to with the with the killing of Lily. And I just I went to go check on the DMs. He was going down in the DMs, and it just and it was just like, yeah. oh, there are those feels. Okay. Okay. Whew. The chapter. Every time I try to, like, do a smooth transition from previously to the chapter, you always got something else in the middle. It's fine. I get it. It's how I do. Well, I had a legitimate question about dreams. I know. And then you went off on a tangent. Let's no longer go on a tangent. (laughs) Harry lay flat on his back, breathing hard as though he had been running. He had awoken from a vivid dream with his hands pressed over his face. The old scar on his forehead, which was shaped like a bolt of lightning, was burning beneath his fingers as though someone had just pressed a white, a white hot wire to his skin, which has to really suck. Like I've had headaches before, like really bad ones, but never where I felt like my head was burning. Like, yeah, this is it seems more like physical. I mean, not that headaches aren't physical, like there's pain there, but like it's the difference between like um, an internal like, you know, like, I sprain something or I hit something. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Because like, it seems much more like on the surface force. of his head. It's not like deep in the, you know what I mean? Like usually when you yeah. get headaches, it's like all in your brain or like just like right behind your eye or something like really dumb. But his is just like somebody he's just, just he's something on the, yeah, that like on his skin. Yeah. And I just also think that in this current current one, because we we'll see other ones. I mean, we've seen it before when he first gets to like Hogwarts and he sees Quirrell, really, but he thought it was Snape. The burning, but this one is like I don't have you you've ever like been in a deep sleep and you wake up to like an earthquake or something like super disorienting mm-hmm. and you're just like what in the 
you know, that's how I like a picture of this. Just like I have, except I've, it keeps him awake because like yeah, he that's can't the just like roll earthquakes. Over. At least for us, at least for like California <laughs> <laughs> residents, isn't like actually yeah, we're like natives. Ooh. Because I wake up in the middle of like there's an earthquake, I wake up and I'm like, what's that? What's that? And the minute my brain clocks that it's an earthquake, I go back to sleep, mm-hmm. and it's not. I mean, you know, it's worked out for me so far. <laughs> like, it's not as scary as it seems like it would be. Right. But um, so also, he sits up and grabs his glasses, um, which were on the bedside table. He put them on, and his bedroom came into clearer focus. Lit by a faint, misty orange light that was flittering through the curtains from the street lamp outside the window, Harry ran his finger over the scar again. It was still painful. He turned on the lamp beside him, scrambled out of bed, crossed the room, opened his wardrobe, and peered into the mirror on the inside of the door. A skinny boy of 14 looked back at him, his bright green eyes puzzled under the untidy black hair. So this is the first time that we, like... That we, like, enter the story, like, after his birthday. Like, it's already mm-hmm. August or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess we see, like, birthday gifts, like, later or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not the same as, like, he, they forgot my... Or, it's my birthday. Here's my, yeah. like, thing that I just discovered about myself. Or, like, they forgot my birthday. Or, mm. here are all my birthday presents. Whatever. It's just kind of, yeah. like, he's 14. Yeah. So, it's getting progressively less and less. I mean, we have to do... We don't have... We don't need to take all of the time to do the, like, like you, I don't forget, you called it, like, Harry Potter is not an ordinary boy. Like, yeah. We and we just do get some of that in this chapter, but it's, yeah. like, not as much. And it's much quicker, like, it's all this, like, on the first page of this chapter, it's already, like, getting, or the second page, I guess, is, like, a recap of what happened in the last book, and they don't even really say, like, oh, because Harry was a wizard. or You know, like, there isn't, mm-hmm. like, that, like, that, that even that um, sentence isn't even needed anymore because it's, like, y'all know. No. We in book four. Come <laughs> on. Come on, yeah. man. So. Um, so, yeah, so Harry tries to recall what he'd been dreaming. It seemed so real. There had been two people he knew and one he didn't. He concentrated hard, frowning, trying to remember um, the one question I have about it is what or who was his perspective in that particular one? Like, in this, yeah. in, like, the first, and maybe it's just because of the first iteration of it, it doesn't, it's not as strong, so the Horcrux doesn't, like, zoom in on one particular, or latch onto a particular person, or, like, another Horcrux or whatever. Because, like, in Order of the Phoenix, for example, and I can't remember exactly what happens in the rest of these, um and the other visions that he has in this book. But I know in Order of the Phoenix, like, either he's looking through the eyes of Voldemort or he's, like, looking through the eyes of Nagini, but someone else who has a piece of Voldemort's soul or something else, I guess. So I'm curious, in this particular one, it seems like he's just kind of, like, floating omnisciently like the narrator is. So I wonder if that's, like, just because it's... Maybe it's because Voldemort is still, like, really weak or maybe it's, like, just what happened when she wrote it. (laughs) Or, yeah... Yeah, she didn't figure out that is. part until too late. I don't, I don't know. I think, yeah, Voldemort is still really weak. And maybe because I'm just, this is literally, no thought has been put into this. This has just come into my head. I Maybe because Voldemort and Nagini are in the same scene, 
he's kind mm-hmm. of switching back and forth depending on, you know, he's seeing both of them and his body pieces it together into a coherent story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, when he's in the brain of Nagini, I think Nagini's by herself. And that's actually not even real. Right? What? When he's the a snake? He's by herself? In what? In um, Order of the Phoenix. No, that is real because no, they real, save Arthur's life. Arthur, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I, like, what I'm thinking is that because there's two active horcruxes seeing the same thing, it is make it like a mod podge. Does that make sense? It's like a mod podge yeah. of both of them? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dim picture of the darkened room came to him. There had been a snake on the hearth rug. A small man called Peter, nicknamed Wormtail, in a cold, high voice, the voice of Lord Voldemort, Harry felt as though an ice cube had slipped down into his stomach at the very thought. He tried to remember what Voldemort had looked like, but it was impossible. All Harry knew was that the the moment Voldemort's chair had swung around and he, Harry, had seen what was sitting in it, he had felt a spasm of horror which had awoken him, or had that been the pain in his scar? Um, and who had the old man been? For there had definitely been an old man. Harry watched him fall to the ground. Harry put his face in his hands, blocking out his bedroom, trying to hold on to the picture of that dimly lit room, but it was like trying to keep water in his cupped hands. Hey, you know, it's a, that's, that's a really good analogy that could have been used in The Prisoner of Azkaban, and maybe I wouldn't hate them as much. It's like trying to catch smoke with your bare hands. I'm sure you wrote that. I knew you were going to. Huh? I but wrote, this is a thing I wrote, that's possible smoke, and makes sense. Bare hands. Huh? 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 <laughs> I have no chill. Um, that is something that you do. So that is, it does make sense. You do try to cup water and it, yes. And you get some of it, but it, it seeps through a lot. Your yes. Yep. The details were now trickling away as fast as he tried to hold on to them. Voldemort and Wormtail had been talking about someone they had killed, though Harry could not remember, remember the name, and they had been plotting to kill someone else. Him. So the one thing about, I like... <laughs> And I guess in this, when I thought about it, it actually wasn't as, like, I don't know. I was frustrated at first because I was like, Harry, you know this. Like, you know that he wants to kill you. But then I think about it, it's not all that clear. Like, he hasn't been around the whole this past year. He tried in uh, Chamber of Secrets, but it was, like, a horcrux. It wasn't really Voldemort. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't really know Voldemort's motivations past, like, coming back to life. Also, it's like... yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really see it. So, I guess, like, for me, maybe it's just because I've read these books so many times. I tend to get, like, frustrated with Harry when he's like, Voldemort wants to kill me. And it's like, dude, we But I also think that. what what on. she's trying to do here is he's just waking up. He's trying to, re- you know, like, when you have a dream and as soon as you wake mm-hmm. up, it starts to disappear and you're trying to catch on. So, not that he's like, oh, he was trying to kill me. But it was like, like, and he was surprised by it. But, like, I think it was more like, me like I remember that like that's who he was talking about like Mm -hmm. that's how I read it a little less where's my wand Tom Harry but I just you know yeah and I mean like that's what I'm saying like I feel like my my reaction Mm -hmm. isn't totally fair but because of who Harry is and again I think it's just because I've read it so many times that I'm like Harry yes we've established this what are you doing but like thinking like when I was going through it again this time I was kind of thinking about like the fact that, that hasn't really been established yet or like we haven't really talked about it in the past few at least and, the in past the, book. And, and in the other ones it wasn't immediate. as like like that wasn't Voldemort's ultimate goal his ultimate Get his goal body was back. to like, yeah. come back to life 
I guess, yeah. And this is also when we see... So, yeah. We're starting to see the full force of Voldemort, I guess. Like, the first one, it was Harry versus Voldemort via Quirrell. And then it was Harry versus Voldemort via the Horcrux. Um, and this is the beginning of Harry versus Voldemort, full stop, via Voldemort. He's in charge. He's, you know, not counting on other people. So, yeah. Yeah. Harry took his face out of his hands, opened his eyes, and stared around his bedroom as though expecting to see something unusual there. As it happened, there was an extraordinary extraordinary number of unusual things in his room. So this part is a little bit of the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter is not a normal boy. It's just done in a different way, which is creative. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in some ways you still have to kind of establish it. But like at the but you don't have to be like he was a wizard, so that's kind of the thing. And the other thing is that it also shows how um, his stuff is no longer locked up as it has been in the past two years, living with the Dursleys. So he gets to kind of just like have his his trunk and his broomstick and his cauldron and his parchment. Like it all gets to just kind of like be in his room, whereas before it was like yeah. locked up. I don't know how much of it is similar to the last books because I think the one thing that really stood out to me is how quickly this part goes too like it is it, 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 it and it does show a bit of um not only Harry Potter is not a normal boy but like Harry Potter is not even is no longer in awe of the fact that he's not normal like to him now being a wizard is normal and this is just something he has to do over the over the summer. And I feel like even in the last, well, I don't know, in Prisoner of Azkaban, it was more about like just kind of getting through Marge. But in the in the Chamber of Secret, it was a little bit like, was that all just a fever dream? Am I gonna get to go back? Like, you know, like no right, one's exactly. writing me. Like, and yeah, then he almost gets expelled, and like, or he yeah, gets, like, I mean, there's still this. There's still this outsider quality. It feels like he's more self-assured in being a wizard and who he is. And that this is just something like the the Dursleys and this summertime thing is just a part of, like, that's the cross that he has to bear until he gets to go home. And before it felt like, I get to have this amazing time at school before I have to go back to reality. Do you know, so now reality is flipped and reality is Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And then this is the... So Harry walks over to a book, it's uh, flying with the cannons, and puts it on his bedside table, crosses the window, and draws back the curtains to survey the street below. Um, there, he kind of looks out at Privet Drive um, and kind of sees the respectable suburban street. So he's kind of like seeing all this like normality around him, um, but he's still not really mm-hmm. feeling normal, um, which I guess is like... One of the other things about this chapter is a lot of him being like really... And it gets even more heightened in Order of the Phoenix, where it's like he knows that there's like danger and he knows that like something is coming for him but you look outside and it's just this like regular ass street with these like regular ass people and it's like boring and it feels kind of like I don't know I feel like in that kind of way it like heightens his anxiety because it's not like somebody's coming and there's like things exploding and it's like I can't think I have to act versus it just being like nobody's coming for me and it's also it's because his intuition is magical it's even beyond like oh the Dursleys won't understand like he can't he only has like his basically his intuition to go off of and he can't articulate what that is but he is like certain about it the 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 other part of that is like 
knowing that you're right, but knowing that you can't prove it. It wasn't the pain that bothered Harry. He was no stranger to pain and injury. And then we kind of get like a little summary of all the injuries he's gotten at Hogwarts. Um, The thing that was bothering Harry was that the last time his scar had hurt him, it had been because Voldemort had been close by. But Voldemort couldn't be here now. The idea of Voldemort lurking in Privet Drive was absurd. Impossible. Um, Two things. Well, one thing. Did his scar hurt in, in Chamber of Secrets when he came across I don't Tom? Think so. But I also don't know if he was being I don't think so if he was being very observant at that moment because there was a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, he wasn't being observant yeah. at all. But I mean, you know, but like they had also like they had Yeah. went down the the whole thing. They were trying to move rocks. Like he was already kind of beat up and mm-hmm. stressed out, so I don't know. And he had like his eyes yeah, closed. He was worried about the bathless. So that it wasn't. I don't think it was mentioned either way. Yeah, um, and I yeah. And so I feel like the last time really was sorcerer's maybe stone. Maybe it's a living because um, he didn't like Voldemort didn't show up at all in prison. Yeah, and him, maybe so. it's like the living thing. Like because in the and this is I'm sorry from the right. movies. This is the most recent thing that I've seen. He doesn't, his, his scar doesn't hurt when he's near a horcrux, but he can hear them and feel them. Like, he can sense their presence. Oh, When right. they're not... His, I feel like his yeah, scar might prickle, it doesn't hurt. but it doesn't, like, yeah. hurt. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. So, that's, I think that's the other thing. Because I just wanted to clarify And maybe it's also because he, that, like, he's feeling in danger. Like, they were talking about killing him. And, like, Quirrell was, like, about to kill him. And the other things were just... Well, I don't think that's really it. I think that, like, it's more about the connection between him and Voldemort. And in this... Well, I think... So that's why I was going to say is that, like, for Sorcerer's Stone, it was really, like, whenever Voldemort was near. And that was kind of, like, because Voldemort was so weak, that was the extent of, like, the connection between the two. It was, like, I know when he's around, and that's what it is. Um, At this point, it kind of is what shows us that Voldemort is getting stronger because now Harry can actually see where Voldemort is. Voldemort's around. He's he's not walking, but he's, like, talking. And Harry can, like, have yeah. visions. You know what I mean? So there's, like, a deeper connection that's happening. As Voldemort gets stronger, the, the connection with Harry gets stronger. And so I think it's interesting that he... I mean, it's the only other thing he can do is to associate it with what he originally experienced it as, like, three mm-hmm. years ago. But even as, like, Harry's, like, matured, it's kind of, like, so has Voldemort. Or not matured, like, literally, but, you know, like, he's growing or whatever um, in power. And so it's, like, interesting. And I was going to say, I think yeah. that it's also, like, as much as that scar is a mark of the curse and, like, our, his connection with Voldemort, it's also a mark of, like, his connection with Lily. And that scar is, like, also, like, it's a warning. It, it, it helps him. And so... The idea that it hurt, um, like, it gives him a fight-or-flight kind of response when he is in danger, like, actual, actionable mm-hmm. danger, as opposed to the... Or it or did. Or it did. What do you mean? Because now I think that it still does that, but it's, like, it does other things, Oh, yeah, things I think too. it does multiple things. You know what I mean? Things. Like, in this moment, Voldemort's not nearby, so it's, like, he's in danger, but, like, it's not... It's kind of, like, separated, I guess, or it's, like, not immediate but it is like he is and so it's like weird just because i guess it's just like the scar you kind of see that that like purpose mm-hmm. it's like evolving i guess let's move on because i have so many thoughts about i could talk about the scar yeah. 
maybe that that's a, something that we'll do on <laughs> Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. So Harry listened closely to the silence around him. Was he half expecting to hear a creak of a stair or the swish of a cloak? Um, and then he jumped slightly when he heard his cousin Dudley give a tremendous grunting snore from the next room. Harry shook himself mentally. He was being stupid. There was no one in the house except him, Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and Dudley, and they were plainly asleep. Their dreams untroubled and painless. Asleep was the way Harry liked the Dursleys best. It wasn't as though they were ever any help to him. Shade! Um, I just, I just want to like, just kind of point out the way that he thinks of them now. Like, he didn't say that asleep was the best way he liked them because he wouldn't mm-hmm. get in trouble or, like, be abused. He's just like, they're not any help to me, so yeah. they can... You know what I mean? Like, he, he like as he's getting older... I mean, also, you know, we kind of see that at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban when he kind of, like, vaguely threatens yeah. them with Sirius. Um, he's just like, I, there's no... I'm more bored with there's, you Yeah, there's I no, like, there's no more fear. Like, it's now just, like, like, you are an, a nuisance to me. <laughs> and, like... Mm-hmm. I recognize the ways you, in which you, you can make anything. my life harder, but other than that, yeah. But you can't make it yeah. better. That's it. Like it's, so, we're just at so the standstill until I turn eighteen. He also mm-hmm. states they were muggles who hated and despised magic in any form, which meant Harry was about as welcome in their house as dry rot. They had explained away his long absences by saying he went to Saint Brutus's secure center for incurably criminal boys. They knew perfectly well that as an underage wizard. Harry wasn't allowed to use magic outside of Hogwarts, but they still apt to blame him for anything that went wrong in the house. Harry had never been able to confide in them or tell them tell them anything about his life in the wizarding world. And I just think he's never been able to confide in them or tell them anything about his life in the wizarding world. He's never been able to tell him them anything about anything ever. So like Yeah. And I, don't give a fuck. I mean this happened when I I went at a panel for Fantastic Beast and where to find them over the weekend and they were talking about um like how much more strict America is on the statute of secrecy, which how that was um Bayana did this eye roll that was amazing. Um, you don't have to apologize because I literally did the same thing, except with a little like, because <laughs> Eddie Redmayne is adorable and he should play the next doctor. Anyway, but the thing that like really like bothered me there was like, so again, I think in the 1920s portion of Magic in North America, she talks about like the amount of half blood or muggle born. Yeah. So if they're very strict about like, Rappaport's Law and the Statue of Secrecy. How, A, how does that work with a lot of inner, I mean, you don't have to be married to have a baby, obviously, but like inter-magical relationships and and then just muggle-born wizards. You're just not telling your family anything. And for Harry, you, then you yeah, right? You just 11. peace out you and like, like that's okay. Or you're... Or, like with Harry, you are basically, and this is another thing that we kind of talked about with um, Marco Shearer in our bonus episode, it's like you're basically pushing them into their own kind of closet. And so there's this, like, dual life that they have to then lead, which, again, not healthy, not good for the security of and maturity of their magic, which is bad for everybody, but also just not good emotionally and 
So for Harry to be going through and this whole chapter like really breaks my heart in this way of him like kind of doing an inventory of the people he has in his life and how and what role they play in his life. But to start with the Dursleys and just completely dismiss them offhand when the fact of the matter is they're, they're, they're his only like blood family. And I, I'm very... I mean, it even says like they're his only living like, And I'm very much like you could you get to make your own family after a certain age and blood is not thicker than water sometimes you know what I mean like I think that you like there is nothing wrong with like creating your own family and I don't think that there's any like anything inferior in the fact that the Weasleys are more his family than the Dursleys ever were I don't think that there's anything shameful about that but I do think that at a young age you are like just predisposed to want to go to your blood relatives right and you have and you're supposed to because you have supposed to have these like warm memories from child like before you were even a thinking human of I was crying as a baby and these people comforted me like I you know and he doesn't have that and that is insane and we have to always bring it up because yeah they're cartoonish and they're the worst you know bullies or whatever but no they're like abusive and the worst so. All right, so then we get some, like, summary of Harry and Voldemort and, like, what happened. The, the, you know, we won't get into it because, you know, it's too close. It's so close. Day, it's <laughs> um, but there was still a fortnight to go before Harry went back to school. He looked hopelessly around um, his room again and his eyes paused on the birthday cards his two pre- best friends had sent him at the end of July. What would they say if Harry wrote to them and told them about his scar hurting? At once, Hermione Granger's voice seemed to fill his, head, fill his head, shrill and panicky. Your scar hurt? Harry, that's really serious. Write to Professor Dumbledore, I'll, and I'll go and check common magical ailments and afflictions. Maybe there's something in there about cursed scars. Yes, that would be Hermione's advice. Go straight to the headmaster of Hogwarts, and in the meantime, consult a book. <laughs> that's, such a, that's like a really great distillation of like Hermione's character at this point. It's kind of amazing. Harry doubted very much whether a book could help him now. As far as he knew, he was the only living person to have survived a curse like Voldemort. It was, an, it was highly unlikely, therefore, that he would find his symptoms listed in common magical ailments and afflictions. As for informing the headmaster, Harry had no idea where Dumbledore went during the summer holidays. He amused himself for a moment, picturing Dumbledore with his long silver beard, full-length wizard robes, and pointed hat stretched out on a beach somewhere rubbing suntan lotion onto his long, crooked nose. Um, that is an amazing visual. I feel like somebody must have had some, somebody somewhere has some fan art of that. And I need that to be a thing. I also Um, like was reading it and I was like, yep. (laughs) Valid. (laughs) Not right. Wouldn't be shocked by it. No, but again, I see Dumbledore as that one cartoon that I've shared a couple of times. Like he gives zero Mm -hmm. fucks. None. No fucks. But that's why Holidays Dumbledore is the best Dumbledore, like Christmas, summertime. Because, like, that's the person you want to be around when it's time to not yeah. give a fuck. Why are you somebody sm- like Dumbledore. Why are you scowling, Snape? Open another pop and let's get this party going. We Right. Why are you so stressed? For what? We still it's got Christmas. cider. Shoot. Another <laughs> round. Pour it up, pour it up. Sorry. That's Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, um, I also um, sorry. Wherever du- I also wrote oh, down sorry, though sorry. that go ahead um, about be- beyond the Dumbledore thing about Hermione that 
I think Harry at some point says that like Hermione's the voice he hears in his head, like as his conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I like think like that yeah. read kind of as like his conscience. You know, like that is of everything that he's about to do. And even though he talks himself out of like following that advice, that's like the most sound and logical course of action. Yeah. Thing to do, right. And then also like what's interesting is he doesn't go to Hermione because he already knows he's gonna what she's gonna say. And it's like, I know you can't help me, like you'll give me advice on like what to do to help, but it yeah. won't actually help. Like it won't have an immediate And like, this is also something that we like, get from like, Hermione and this is no shade to Hermione. It's just like it's a, a limitation that she has, which is actually usually um seen in guys more than women, which is like you have a problem. Okay, how do we logically fix this problem? Instead of like, let me just like listen to you and I maybe there's no fix, but like I'll be there for you as you talk it through. Like her brain immediately jumps to That's why Yeah, her brain immediately I'm jumps Hermione. to I be trying to listen. I do try to listen, but like ultimately, like I do it to get all the facts <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So now what can we actually But do sometimes there is no doing. Um, there is just I know. And like in my head yeah. logically, I know that, but also in my other logical brain, I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't accept that. We can do something. We just <laughs> you know haven't I mean? thought of that like, yeah, thing I know yet. There's some things you can't fix. My other brain is like, no. Keep trying. <laughs> Keep thinking we can about fix this. Yeah. You just it can work. It's yeah. Frick, it's frustrating. Um, which is again, I mean, we're gonna get to like his like characterization of Ron too, but it's like the the balance between those two is just really brilliant. But it's also this weird mm-hmm. um, kind of gender bending a little bit, right? Like, because you usually maybe I'm wrong, but I feel I feel like I usually associate that kind of okay. How do we fix it? <laughs> like with with guy. Well, that's like a patriarchal yeah. like stereotype that like they don't they don't do yeah. well with emotions like men are logical yeah. and women are emotional it's not true but that yeah but like when you go when you start thinking about the fact that we're reading these books and these are like middle grade books you it's shocking to not see that trope it's it's no, great totally. it's empowering but it's also like oh i would have expected it to be opposite Okay. So, um, wherever Dumbledore was, Harry was sure Hedwig would be able That's to find That's right. Him. Yeah. She's a professional. Mm-hmm. She's about her business. Um, but what would he write? Dear Professor Dumbledore, sorry to bother you, but my scar hurt this morning. Yours sincerely, Harry Potter. Even inside his head, the, world, the words sounded stupid. Um, so we see, like, a sound option presented, and then he, like, writes it off because he's being yeah. self-conscious about it. Um... Because also, and like we'll get to this a little bit later in the chapter too, it wasn't just that you're like you had a vision, like you had a vision about Voldemort, Wormtail, and like all like that's not the it's not the same. And so he tried to imagine his other best friend Ron Weasley's reaction, and in a moment, Ron's red hair and long-nosed, freckled face seemed to swim before Harry, wearing a bemused expression. Your scar hurt, but but you know who can't be near you now, can he? I mean, you know, wouldn't you? He'd be trying to do you in again, wouldn't he? I don't know, Harry. Maybe cursed scars always twinge a bit. I'll ask Dad. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, he doesn't. It's not really like that. He offers up any real mm-hmm. solutions other than asking Mister Weasley. It's he's just like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's also 
Which is like that's yeah, but what and Ron he's also does. less like, not hysterical. That is such gendered language that I'm just like mad that it came out of my mouth. But less, um, this is the end of the world and we must fix this right now. And this is a very very big deal and you should like, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't really know, but maybe it's not that big of a deal. We'll we'll ask. Well, it's kind of like he's trying to talk yeah. himself out of it. You know what I mean? Like he starts off as like, oh god, that <laughs> sounds like a problem. To you know, maybe we should just pass yeah. it. Maybe it's not a problem. Yeah. Passing my fingers. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But uh, Mr. Weasley was a fully qualified wizard who worked at the M- Miss ooh, who worked at in the misuse of Muggle artifacts office in the Ministry of Magic. It was a lot of M's. Trip me up for a second. But he didn't have any particular expertise in the matter of curses as far as Harry knew. In any case, Harry didn't like the idea of the whole Weasley family knowing he, Harry, was getting jumpy about a few moments' pain. Mrs. Weasley would fuss worse than Hermione, and Fred and George, Ron's 16-year-old twin brothers, might think Harry was losing his nerve. The Weasleys were Harry's favorite family in the world. He was hoping they'd um, invite him to stay any time now, but he somehow didn't want his visit punctuated with anxious inquiries about his scar so again we get like him talking himself out of a pretty sound decision um mostly because he's feeling self-conscious but yeah so just talking about how like harry continues to kind of like write off options that are pretty valid and like seem like legit ways to go I, mean, I think too though um and I don't know if you said this or not the he's writing it off I think in a way that he doesn't want to admit that it's a big totally. deal like I think he's self-conscious like, about being and, freaked out about it but then at the same time he's also like yeah he doesn't he doesn't want he hate like he doesn't want other people to worry about him either yeah and again he calls it a few which goes back thing, to it's like no you had a full ass vision like, it woke you up felt like white a white and seared, like, hot hair was on forehead. Like, that's not... Come on, bro. Like, chill out a little bit. And, but it's also... It's also not... He doesn't want to bring attention to himself, but he doesn't want... Because we see this with Professor Lupin. He doesn't want anyone to think he mm-hmm. can't handle it. Even if it was that, you know? Right. So, to, like, admit something like this is to admit I'm freaked out a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? Which goes... It does go back into the worry and stuff, but then it also goes into the... I can handle it. I can handle it. Which is like, bro, you're 14. It's okay if you can't handle it. I'm 31. I can't handle anything. And even if you can handle it, sometimes you just need help to handle it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're like weak or whatever. Ain't no shame in that. At at the very least, you just need somebody to like bounce some ideas off of how to, how to handle it. You know? Um, Right. Harry needed his forehead with his knuckles, what he really wanted. And it felt almost shameful to admit it to himself. Was someone like, someone like a parent, an adult wizard whose advice he could ask without feeling stupid, someone who cared about him, who had had experience with dark magic. So before we get to the solution, sorry, real quick, before we get to the solution, the fact that it feels shameful to admit to himself that he like wants a parent in that moment um, is really telling. You're 14. I know. You should want a parent. And it's totally fine to want a parent. 31. I want a parent all the time. Dude, I had to, like, set up a bed frame. I had to, like, have it, like, figure out some shit with UPS. And I wanted nothing more than to just, like, curl up on my mattress and be like, no, I don't want to do this. I need my mother to come do this for me. All a thousand miles away that she is, I'd rather her do it than me. And your mother would have just called somebody. No, she would have been like, dude, do it. She was in a deposition, so, like... 
Yeah. yeah. She still ended up with Vision 2. She yeah. worked, she worked um, hard. So I was like, she wouldn't have done it. She would have been like, Bionna, quit tripping. I'm just saying, I'm 22. But you wanted I the option of calling and be like, mommy. Mom. I always want my parents to do I don't want to do this. Always. <laughs> a fight with Wi-Fi? And that's Dude. fine. And that's I fine. A, I don't have a mass murder wizard coming after me. I still want my parents. I feel like when you get to that particular level, wanting your parents is not like, <laughs> like of all the things to worry about. I feel like that's pretty valid. I want my parents reading about his life. Like when Voldemort's like, you got to come to the forest, bro. Right. I'm like, mommy, hold my hand while I read what <laughs> happens to Harry. I'm yeah. not okay. It's, uh, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and then the solution came to him. It was so simple and so obvious that he couldn't believe it had so taken so simple. long. Serious. The birthday boy. Serious. Harry leapt up from his bed, hurried across the room, and sat down at his desk. He pulled a piece of parchment toward him, loaded his eagle feather quill and with ink, and wrote, Dear Sirius. So he, he starts writing, uh, marveling at the fact that he hadn't thought of Sirius straight away. But then perhaps it wasn't so surprising. After all, he'd only found out that Sirius was his godfather two months ago. Um, and then we get then we get some more uh, summary of Prisoner of Azkaban and what happened and what went down there. It's also really funny that he's like, I can't believe I didn't think of Sirius right away. Not only did you just find out he was your godfather, you spent a year thinking he was going to kill you. Spent a year thinking he was going to kill you. Like, and then you found out. And then you spent maybe 20 minutes with him after that. Like, after being convinced yeah. <laughs> that he wasn't going to kill you. And then you had to, like, save him. And then he left. So you really have only had maybe half an hour of like you a got about interaction with him half an hour totally fine he wasn't totally. your first thought um yeah. so yeah so really quickly just a few things in the in the uh, summary the summary um, for one glorious hour harry had believed he was leaving the Dursies at last because oh so for an hour um not half an hour twice that as long um because sirius had offered him a home once his name had been cleared um, but the chance had been snatched away from him. Wormtail had escaped before they could take him to the Initiative of Magic. The home Harry might have, if Wormtail had not escaped, had been haunting him all summer. Twice. I don't think that that's emphasized enough. That Wormtail took Harry's home twice. Two times. Why? Do you, why? I'm just saying. Fuck him. That's why? Why, why he's Connie? The worst. Why are you here? He's the worst. Why are you doing this? Just you need to go sit with Connie on the no. feelings bench. I only bring that up because that's why I bench. Think about what you've done. Spoiler alert. Samesies. Um, I mean, that's not the only reason why, but Samesies. Yeah. Um, okay, nevertheless. <laughs> Sirius had been of some help to Harry, even if he couldn't be with him. It was due to Sirius that Harry now had all his school things in his bedroom with him. The Dursleys had never allowed this before. Their gen- general wish of keeping Harry was as miserable as possible, coupled with their fear of his powers, had led them to lock his school trunk in the cupboard under the stairs every summer prior to this, but their attitude had changed since they found out that Harry had a dangerous murderer for a godfather, for Harry had conveniently forgotten to tell them that Sirius was innocent. Which is just well played on his part. Just, you know, inspired. I mean, inspired, but also, that's their own fault. Because they should have known who Sirius was. They should have met him at the wedding that they didn't go to because they petty. He wouldn't be able to be a mass murderer because with all of their correspondence with Lily, as, you know, 
a sister writes a sister, catches up, keeps up, his name would have come up and they would have been like, oh, I know Sirius. You ain't fooling nobody with that. But no, they don't know anything about Sirius because they cut Lily off. So basically, you know, basically fuck them. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Harry had received two letters from Sirius (laughs) since he had been back at Perfect Drive. Both had been delivered not by owls, but by large, brightly colored tropical birds. How'd that work? Same. Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> Hedwig had not approved of these flashy intruders. She had been most reluctant to allow them to drink from her water tray before flying off again, <laughs> which is like peak Hedwig. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> She's like, no, absolutely not. Like y'all are doing too much. Harry though, they doing too much. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I need you to tone it down. Doing too much. Be a little bit more subtle, maybe. I don't know where these. I don't know where these flamboyant people have been. I don't need them in my water. Look at how they. Dress. I want to know where in the tropics these birds are from. Like what country? I know. Um, also, like, do do your bird like do your letters get carried by the magical like? So in America, do we instead of owl post, do we have like eagle post? Right. That was my question. Like, is it I mean, like, do is it based off of, like, here? the native birds that are there? And then, like, I feel like America would definitely be Eagle Post. I feel like that's not a question. I'm going to yeah, be I so mean, we disappointed do have owls, in Fantastic but... Beasts if they use regular owls in America. And I love owls. Right. But I just feel like that's a really easy, Me too. like, that's just a softball. It's a soft toss. Mm-hmm. Easily just get some eagles. Just get us some that's eagles. Just, it's, like, so stereotypical, and... but, like, come on, you kind of have to. But it's also, like, that's our, I don't know, like, so we have, like, a lot, I, there, I went to, um, wildlife thingy, and we have, like, just a lot of, like, raptors that are native to, I mean, California, because that's where I'm at, <laughs> but, like, you know, like, the Americas, like, we have, like, and owls are a type of raptor, and we do have yeah. owls here, but I don't know, and now, like, this is making me want to go do some, like, deep dive into, like, bird populations of other countries and stuff but it seems to me that we would just have more eagles and more like raptor eagle type raptors in the americas and that should be and so yeah it's a it's a toss-up gimme thing but i wonder if in britain they were like oh of course they'd be owls because we got we got a lot of them there i don't know i don't know about i don't know but i want i want eagle pose and i want i want to not go to ilvermorny as well so we all want a lot of things. <laughs> Listen, I didn't go to that school. Transfer. I was like, so what I'm going to do is take a couple years abroad and go to Hogwarts. I watched a very Potter musical the other day and I almost said pig farts. So, pig right. farts with rumble roar on the moon. But no, um, what kind of birds are these? Is he in the tropics? Right. Is he like in Brazil? Is, is he right. in the Caribbean? Is he in Mallorca? Is he in Spain? Where you at? Where Where you at, Sirius? Harry liked the birds. They put him in the mind of in mind of palm trees and white sand, and he hoped that wherever Sirius was, um, he was enjoying himself. Somehow, Harry found it hard to imagine Dementors surviving for long and bright and for long and bright sunlight. Um, Perhaps that was why Sirius had gone south. How far south? These are questions that I need to know. Anyway. So, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, because it could just mean Spain, but Greece like, that's some, actually not that far away. And could I could mean Spain. Towards going to Spain and being like, "Ha ha, you thought." Um, so I'm hoping they mean like. But Spain, Spain is like bright and and sunny. But maybe he went to Greece. Oh, maybe. 
Just a little bit further away. I don't think they have tropical birds no, in Greece, so though. I don't know. I don't know. I ain't never been to Greece. It just doesn't seem like a place um, where I tropical just, birds would be. I just typed Greece. <laughs> um, okay. Sirius's letters, which were now hidden beneath a highly useful loose floorboard under Harry's bed, sounded cheerful. And in both of them, uh, he reminded Harry to call on him if Harry needed to. Well, he needed to now, all right. Um, so he um, writes the letter. And this is what it reads. Um, Dear Sirius, thanks for your last letter. I hope this letter finds you in good health and in a prosperous Robin, enough position Robin. to put wealth. Shh. It, was, no, it had it to be done. It didn't. Thank you for your last letter. The bird was enormous. It could hardly get through my window. Things are the same as usual here. Dudley's diet isn't going too well. My aunt found him smuggling donuts into his room yesterday. I know those feels, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I've never smuggled don- donuts into my room, but I, you know, I know that urge. Um, they told him they'd have to cut his pocket money if he keeps doing it, so he got really angry and chucked his PlayStation out of the window. That's the sort of computer that you can play games on. Bit stupid, really. Now he hasn't even got Mega Mutilation Part 3 to take his mind off things. I'm okay, mainly because the Dursleys are terrified you might turn up and turn them all into bats if I ask you to. A, real, a weird thing happened this morning, though. My scar hurt again. Last time that happened, it was because Voldemort was at Hogwarts, but I don't reckon he could be anywhere near me now, can he? Do you know if curse, curse scars sometimes hurt years after? Um, I'll send this with, with Hedwig when she gets back. She's off hunting in the moment. Say hello to Buckbeak for me, Harry. Yes, thought Harry. That looked all one right. Really, oh. One thing really quickly... I don't think Sirius needs to know when you're sending the letter because it doesn't make any difference to him when he gets it. That's all. That's a really small thing. It's super not necessary. I just, yeah. Um, but to important things, <laughs> the act, the real thing, um, after that he says there was, there was no point putting in the dream. He didn't want it to look as though he was too worried. Um, so again, just back to what we were talking about, about Harry not... Um, yeah, just about him not really, like... he's. It's not that he's not taking it seriously. He just doesn't want to seem like he's taking it too seriously. Yeah, he doesn't want to alarm anyone else. He's trying to protect other... Like, he's trying to keep other people from worrying about him. But also, as a 14-year-old boy, he wants to show some level of, like... Oh, like, nonchalantness. Like, oh, well, this this funny thing happened. Just wondering if you know anything about it. NBD if you don't. Right. I'm cool. Which is Peace like, out. actually, you know no. what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, actually, this is like a serious thing. Yeah. But he doesn't want to make too big of a deal about it. And I think that that, some of that is just because he doesn't want to seem or show, like, perceived mm-hmm. weakness, which as grown-ups, we know, like, there, there's nothing weak about being like, yo, some <laughs> fucked up shit just happened. And I'm yeah. freaking out a little bit. Um... There's nothing weak in that, like, valid. But, you know, he just has that kind of thought that, um, and again, it goes back, like, what I was saying when um, Remus stood in front of him for the Dementor and his immediate reaction was like, oh, weak? Remus th- thinks that I'm too weak to handle mm-hmm. a Dementor. I'm too fragile. I'm not a Dementor, a Boggart. So, mm-hmm. a Boggart, sorry. But yes. Um... So Harry folds up the parchment and lays it aside on his desk, ready for when Hedwig returned. Um, then he got to his feet, stretched, and opened the window, or sorry, opened his wardrobe once more. Without glancing at his reflection, 
He started to get dressed before going down to breakfast. I feel like that chapter wasn't very long, but we had a couple of um, interruptions. <laughs> to say the that, least. You know, to say the least. Who is your Sirius MVP? Black. Um, I think that, like, part of it, or, like, the main reason is that... Um, I think the main reason is that, like, he ends up, of all the people, you know, who Harry, like, writes off all these people, right? Um, like, who he can talk to and the fact that Sirius, again, they only really knew each other as, like, or, like, he only really knew Sirius as not, like, notorious mass murderer for, like, an hour. But, or I guess four hours since um, they went back in you time and shit. You have to redo those hours, yeah. Um, but not for a very long time, but still it's somebody who you can, like, count on. Um, the fact that Sirius, after at least getting his name cleared in Harry's eyes, kind of jumped into that role, despite being, like, on the run and all this stuff. Like, he was still, like, I still have to do this particular thing. And so the fact that Harry even thinks, like, oh, yeah, I can go to him versus, like, I don't know, it was just this dude. He's my godfather, but, like, I don't really know him that well. And he doesn't really do nothing. He's on the run and shit. Like, versus being, like, no, I can actually <laughs> talk to him. I mean, and then we get, like, it's very small, but we do, like, he's he said, like, Sirius has written him letters and has kept in touch a couple of times. And, like, he, you know, he has, like, the the birds and stuff. So Sirius does, is making an effort, at the very least, to be like, I'm here, you know, I didn't kill your parents, like, let's try to build a relationship in this weird way that we are building a relationship. Um, Dumbledore is my MVP. I'm kidding. Ha! Serious. Always serious. Big ups to my man. All right. All right. So let's say hi first. Hi. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> I dabbed. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin, the lack of chill. Um, so I just have feelings. So, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Big fan, big fan. Thank you for for becoming <laughs> awesome. a Patronus slash patron. You guys yeah. deserve it. Best podcast on iTunes. Thank you. Lit. <laughs> Do you hear that, guys? We're the best. In case you weren't already aware. <laughs> um, okay, so who's your MVP? MVP has to be serious, just because just you know him being there for Harry, even in the small way of that he is. Um, he's that that one family member that he has. Well, that one person whose family technically that he has left in this world. So that's yeah. why I yeah. think that he's MVP of this chapter. I mean, valid, all the things. Um, Portia, who we talked to yes last week, but she's still um, a Patronus and is putting in her MVP. She said, Harry, for not going insane after seeing someone he didn't know get murdered in his mind. That's real. Which, that's real. <laughs> didn't even think about that. Because, yes. right? She's not wrong. <laughs> 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 like, well, when you put it that way, I mean, dang, yeah, yeah. So, Bayana bitched. Hill. He's the worst. That rat bastard. Like, he's literally the reason that. I mean, he's not a hundred percent the reason, but 
he is a very big part of the reason why Harry has to live with the Dursleys two times, two separate times. It's terrible. And he's still out there Sox doing on, shit. Like, on, he could, really could have ran away. Like you said in the last episode and a couple times before that, like, he really could have just ran away and gone somewhere else into hiding. Gone somewhere sunny. Gone to just anywhere. You know what? He could have come to what? America because Open apparently they're really into secrecy and shit. So he could have hid there. Right. But instead he decided, no, I'm just going to, like, go and ruin more people's lives. And I feel like that is unfortunate and really sucks. For why? Um... Same. Um, I benched Wormtail for all of those reasons and the Dursleys for, um, let me go back. If Congregation, <laughs> I would like you to turn your hymnals to page, to page 19 in uh, the Book of Fire, or the Book of the Goblet of Fire, chapter 2, verse 33. Asleep was the way Harry liked the Dursleys best. Harry had never been able to confide in them or tell them anything about his life. For 14 years. May the Lord say amen. Or may the Lord say strike you down. (laughs) Bastards. Yeah. Terrible people. 14 years and he he ain't never... He never went to you. Never. I'm upset. Okay, who did you bench? (laughs) Okay, um, I could not, well, I could have benched Wormtail. I could have. There's so many reasons why. But for me, I had to bench the Dursleys. That's, those, they just, just, just awful. That's real. Like, a kid at that age needs, like, somebody that they see every day. Oh, my God. He sees them every day. to this kid who, one, is a kid. And then, two, he's family. So you should, even if you didn't like his mom or his dad, he's a kid. He's a completely different person. Snape. But... Like, why are you those people? (laughs) (laughs) Who is Nagini? For me, praise him. I can see Nagini being like Kim Kardashian. Taking the church. Um, Portia, going back to Portia, would like to also bitch the Dursleys. And I'm reading this word for word, guys, because I know you might think, oh, Robin, she's embellishing. (laughs) No, no, no. I will take the screenshot. Benched the Dursleys for being no good scallywags and their neighbors, the UK Child Services, for not catching on to Harry's abuse. She had feelings. She also said scallywags, which I loved. So such great vocabulary on this podcast. (laughs) I know. I love it. Um. So that's it. Awesome. I have a question, Jeremy, for you before we let you go. Um, who is Nagini? Oh, yes. So just like Kim Kardashian. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. That's who it is. Because I could see Kanye being Voldemort, just, just being like, oh, I'm all into myself. Yes. Like, Two votes for Kardashian. Love Voldemort, not the new Voldemort, but the old. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Y'all surreal, never love actually. Kanye. <laughs> That's hella real, actually. I really fuck with that headcanon now. Oh, I love it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being a supporter and a Patronus. You bring light into our world. Um, <laughs> and we will um, thank you guys for listening. Next week, we'll be dis- discussing chapter three of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Invitation. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, It sounds so ominous, but then once you oh, know I what it like, is. But that's the it's best. Like, but it's yeah. actually the best thing ever. It's like, why is it ominous? I know, but like, when you just read it, The that's Invitation. True. You're like, oh, but I want to be invited. But when you see the picture that accompanies it, you know it's not. I know, but Molly I'm just saying, when they hear it, treasure. just my voice. Um, True. Okay, yeah, make um, sure to read and follow so along. So make sure to follow along. <laughs> Let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Um, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WitherTeam. If you want to be able to give your um, who you think is MVP and who you think is benched live on the program, you don't even got to wait until Wednesday to vote. Y'all, get on that Patronus life, that Patreon. It's true. Um, That's I have to but say even if you don't, don't, we still need your votes. So Yes. Ooh, ooh. Um, worm tell the vote. No, it's too early. Worm tell the it's vote. It's too early. Worm tell it's, the vote. It's too, we're two chapters into a 36-chapter book. Let's, let's give them some time first. People have been voting. <gasps> oh, I mean, that's back. Who's, who's her benched in MVP? Oh, wait. Ami, not to come here. Come here. Ami, who is your MVP? Harry. And who do you think is benched? Dursley's. Um, say bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>